Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Not bad. How about yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. I, you know, I, I will say I loved uh, I loved the reaction to our Robbie Williams interview from last week. I feel like I've, we've seen a lot of love on Twitter, and I like it. I mean, it's not often that we get to speak to superstar Robbie Williams, but exactly. yeah, I did notice. I did notice how there was some uh, some fan engagement. Yes, from and I did read one of the comments. Uh, I think we're talking about the same account where they uh, they clearly listened to the entire show because they were even remarking about what we said after the interview. After the interview, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, we love it when people stick around for the whole shebang. We love a listener. We love a listener. We'd love more than one. Um, Anyway, uh, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how the holidays are fully gone from the Billboard 200 Albums chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, much to uh, Katie and Mai's uh, sadness. (laughs) See you again next December. (laughs) Yes. um, October. November? (laughs) Sure. I don't know. (laughs) So everything is getting back to normal on the charts, and with that, two familiar faces return to the top slot on both lists. Taylor Swift on the Billboard 200 and Jack Harlow on the Hot 100. Plus, Tate McRae's Greedy, Tyla's Water, and Doja Cat's Agora Hills all hit new highs in the top 10. Plus, How an Oldie from Sophie Ellis Bexter has finally reached the Hot 100 after its renewed popularity thanks to its placement in the film Saltburn. Also on the show, we're recapping the music wins at Sunday's Golden Globes. And we're also talking about new Ariana Grande music coming this Friday. Ask and you shall receive. So stay tuned for that in just a moment. But first, before you get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Katie says, ask and you shall receive because one of her like hopes for 2024 was new music from Ariana Grande it that sure we talked was. about last week. Sure was. I'm like, I to be fair, my picks for 2024 were like things that 
are likely to not necessarily happen, I think, for the most part. Mine was the writing was on the wall for mine. <laughs> Katie's were like realistic, like, uh, you know, like Dua Lipa has a new album. Like, no, really? Um, Dua Lipa was at the Golden Globes, she was, by the way. Did she you was. Were you at the Golden Globes? I in wasn't some at the. I was at the after party that Billboard hosted on site um, at the Beverly Hilton. So I did not see Dua. I did see Billy. I saw Billie Eilish oh. and Phineas walk into our party. Did Did you throw her a microphone and said, "Hey, we've been trying to get you on the podcast"? I sure did not. <laughs> Darn it, Katie. I'm sorry about that. But we'll talk more so, about the Globes in just a moment. Sorry. I want. Right, I well, want chart chat, Keith. Sure you do. Let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Brenda Lee, Mariah Carey, and the rest of the Christmas gang all vamoose from the tally as the latest Hot 100 reflects the first tracking week after Christmas. All 41 holiday titles that were on the list a week ago are gone, making way for titles to surge up the list with quite a few gaining new peaks. So let's take a look a little bit closer at the top 10 on the new chart, which tracks the seven day frame of December 29th, 2023 through January 4th, 2024. Jack Harlow's Lovin' On Me bolts nine to one for its second week atop the list. Now, a week ago, the top 10 had nine holiday titles in it, I believe. And I think Jack was the only non-holiday song in the top 10. So that just shows you just how popular Jack was throughout the Christmas season. He held on strong, even though Lovin' On Me is not a holiday track. Though, you know, I was fully expecting a holiday remix at any point, but I digress. Uh, Tate McRae's Greedy goes 24 to 3 for its first week in the top five. Tyla's Water Rushes 32 to 7 for a new high, and Doja Cat's Agora Hills hits the top 10 for the first time, rising 35 to 10. I had one question with Tyla's Water. Would uh, New Year's Eve been in the tracking week for that? Because she yeah. very prominently performed on Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. Um, yeah, the, the the tracking week ran December 29th through January there you go. 4th. Yeah, I mean, I, that yeah. has to have been one of the biggest looks for her, at least on U.S. television, like it, ever. So, um, yeah, great. congratulations. Yeah. Uh, next over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Christmas is over with officially, <laughs> sadly. Uh, last week's chart had five holiday albums in the top 10. And this week, a whopping zero Christmas albums are on the entire 200 position chart. I actually looked when I got the chart finalized over the weekend. I thought, OK, maybe Buble is still on here. Nope. Nope. Sorry. But no, like who? I guess no one was playing Michael Bublé so at all. Wild. It on just the drops off a cliff. Totally wild. I mean, like I was actually surprised last week's chart had five Christmas albums in the top ten because it had because that particular tracking week ran through December twenty eighth, and I thought, okay, well, it has like the twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth. So three out of the seven days are not Christmas. So therefore, you would think maybe things will be a little bit hobbled in terms of holiday stuff. But no, you have to think, well, you have the 25th, 24th, 23rd, 22 in there. And probably more Christmas music is played on the 24th and the 25th on people's streaming service device at home than they probably did in the past week. Right. So anyway, I'll stop talking about Christmas, <laughs> at least until <laughs> <Maybe>. October. <laughs> 
So uh, on the Billboard 200, Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version spends a sixth non-consecutive week at number one, earning 64,000 equivalent album units, uh, which was down 35%. And most of the rest of the top 10 is actually comprised of former chart toppers that all regain ranks after the holiday exodus. Noah Kahn's stick season is the only non-number one uh, in the top 10. It jumps 18 to 8, and the album actually reached number 3 last year uh, following its deluxe reissue, so it's been actually kind of bopping around, like, in and out of the top 10 the past, like, sort of, like, six months. I wouldn't be surprised if this album actually goes higher in the next few weeks, um, because we sort of have a, we've had, like, a dearth, dearth is the right word, Katie? Yeah. Like, a lack. Yes. A lack of major new releases uh, last week, and I think... Well, this week, there's a few things coming out on this Friday. The The one album that I thought was coming this Friday, I don't think is coming mm. out this Friday. Kanye West's new album. Well, so. they had, he had originally, I mean, he'd originally said December, like, I don't know, 15 or 16. And the, then he'd said New the, Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. And then now, then it became the 12th. And then now I don't think that's holding anymore. Yeah. I think. We'll, well see. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Um, and finally... In chart news, Sophie Ellis Bexter's Murder on the Dance Floor, which was released in 2001, has finally debuted on the Billboard Hot 100. Wild. Uh, after renewed popularity following the track's inclusion in the film Saltburn. Uh, the song debuts at number 98 this week, and it's the first Hot 100 hit for the British singer, who has charted a dozen top 40 hits on the official UK singles chart, including... Murder on the Dance Floor, which peaked at number two in December of 2001. And also the song in the UK flies back up the chart this week. I want to say it's in the top 10. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. I think I saw a headline that said top 10. Um, uh, I I can't wait to see how high it might continue to climb on the Hot 100. I saw the movie, uh, by the way. Um. Uh, (laughs) It's in a... a, um, how how is the song used in the film? I would love to tell you that, Keith. Um, uh, the star of the film, uh, who whose name I'm going to butcher, uh, Barry Keoghan. Keoghan? Keoghan? Yeah, the, I, I heard them say the G at the Golden Globes yesterday, and I don't think it's Keoghan. I don't think you say the G mm. like that. Anyway, but Barry, we'll call him Barry. We're on. Barry. Yeah, I'm going to call him Oliver. That's his name in the movie. Um, but. Uh, it is. This is the final scene of the movie, and without giving oh, you is? any spoilers, it is a dance scene in which Barry is completely nude, dancing through this historic estate of Saltburn, and oh. uh, he uh, is just very jubilantly dancing. You know, maybe taking a line of cocaine on his way, and it's completely frontal nudity, everything. And uh, it's a wild movie, as evidenced by the scene I'm describing right now. But uh, they couldn't have picked a better song to just like kind of drive home the the sort of um, the feeling of this film. Like it's very, it's a very cheeky choice to do this. In in multiple ways, <laughs> some some might say without giving it away, it's uh, uh, the title reveals plot points. Well, it's funny. I mean, maybe it does. There might there may or may not be some death in this film. Um, but you know the the song and the film ends on the line of like gonna burn this house right down or whatever. Which there's no actual burning, but you know this a lot takes place at Saltburn. Um, so yeah. I, I, 
so regarding Saltburn, uh, this movie is like one of those films that has been sort of like percolating in terms of the advertising that has reached all of our brains mm-hmm. collectively for the past few months, even though the movie has really only been out a relatively short amount of time, I think. Um, oh, yeah, it came out mid-November. The- it debuted at... Um, I think it was TIFF, um, the Toronto International Film Festival at the very end of August. It came out in November in theaters, but it hit streaming uh, right by Over like Christmas. right exactly right after Christmas. And that's that's where it really set fire. So I have not seen Saltburn, uh, just to be super explicit about this. And I knew that this film was like super buzzy and it's full of like a bunch of hot young actors and Jacob B. Lordy's in it, you know, from Euphoria and woo. And it has this whole all the teasers and commercials and everything that I've seen, all the visuals give it this kind of like Brideshead Revisited meets Call Me By Your Name vibe. I think that's perfect. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like Okay, this is sort of interesting. This could be interesting. I don't know. I mean, sexy young people, you know, on a glamorous estate, you know, and stuff happens. Cool. But then I'm guessing some other thing, some other details have have trickled to you. (laughs) So now I I I didn't bother reading the Wikipedia summary. I didn't. Oh, you can't. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet, like, don't read a thing. Just go watch it. Oh, so here's the thing. Uh, uh, there was a video that kind of went viral a few days ago from that uh, Chloe, whose name I forget. She does a lot of great impressions. She's an actress. Oh, wait, from she SNL? Wa- Chloe Feynman? Yes. OK. Yes. Thank yeah. you. She watched the film with her family and oh, recorded no. their reactions. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And as I'm sitting there watching this, I'm going, wait, that's in it, too. That's in it. That happens. Oh, Lord. And then I uh, went ahead and read the wiki and I'm like, I did not anticipate any of this <laughs> happening in the movie. There's oh, so much that happens. And I'm like, I don't. It's wild, guys. I, I will say that the the director and writer behind it, Emerald Fennell, she also did Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan, which I think came out in 2020. And Carrie I, Mulligan's also in this and film. And she's also briefly in this film. Not not a like a, a, not a huge part, but an impactful and hilarious one. Um, but I. Uh, but I loved Promising Young Woman. So I think I came in with like understanding what the tone was going to be because of having seen that film. You know what I mean? But this goes next level and just, yeah, it, things happen that you just could not possibly predict. You never thought you would see. And if you, you know, want a just disturbing ride, <laughs> this who is doesn't? your movie. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a fabulous, disturbing ride that probably looks beautifully shot? Oh, my God. With Like, it's it, I feel like it's just worth watching. I feel like it might not be the best, most highbrow movie of all time, but it is. I feel like it's worth watching just because it's it's interesting and different and weird. And I kind of loved it. It's yeah. got it's got like some pretty bad reviews, although the performances are getting rave reviews. Uh, Rosamund Pike is my favorite part of the movie. She was nominated for a Globe for Supporting Actress last night. Barry Keoghan was nominated for a Globe for, uh, I think, lead actor, but neither of them won. I, I'll be interested to see how the Oscars receive this film because it is, I mean, it's it's campy. I don't know if, like, the Oscars are, gonna, are going to celebrate it as much as the Globes did. We shall see. Well, speaking of the Globes, would you like to talk oh, about the Golden Globe great Awards? great transition, great transition. So it's Sunday's Golden Globes. 
Billie Eilish, who we mentioned, uh, was at the Billboard after party. She and Phineas walked in carrying their Golden Globes for Best Original Song for What Was I Made For from Barbie. Um, The song beat two other Barbie songs in the process, Dua Lipa's Dance the Night and Ryan Gosling's I'm Just Ken. Of course, uh, Billie and Phineas previously won this award for their Bond theme song. They're also uh, frontrunners to win the Oscar uh, in March. So they could just be collecting award after award. And, you know, why not? Um, To be fair, what was I made for was just such a perfect, you know, ballad that captures kind of the existential crisis that is the center of the movie. So it, it perfectly fits like, you know, the criteria of you know, moving the movie forward, you know, being a, a integral part of the movie. Um, anyway, so I think it was a good choice. Uh, Barbie was also victorious in the new cinematic and box office achievement category, which meant that Taylor Swift uh, went home empty handed for her Eras Tour film, which was also nominated, though she was also on hand to <laughs> cringe at jokes that Joe Coy made uh, about her being all over NFL games and also to hang out with fellow nominee Selena Gomez, of course, one of her best friends. So here's the here's uh, here's one of the jokes that I did see. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Golden Globes. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> Saltburn and Golden Gloves. You need to watch them. <laughs> do or I? you don't. You don't. Um, um, but I saw that one of the jokes that uh, the host made was something about how at the Golden Globes, there's less shots of Taylor Swift than there is at a Chiefs game. Yeah, ba- which basically. Is, it's literally a true statement. It's mostly just dumb. Like, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's not untrue, but it wasn't f- necessarily funny. And I think uh Taylor probably would have been willing to laugh if it was a funny the joke, was joke. Funny. but instead yeah. she just kind of she just sipped she just sipped, sipped her glass her champagne like, and rolled her eyes. exactly yeah. and so that itself became a meme and Joe Coy's performance overall has not been super well received um, and so it, it kind of was fitting for the night that a that was a, a clunker I mean honestly though, honestly I, though that said like you know uh, I I Yearn for the days of Tina Fey and oh my uh, God. Amy Poehler returning. Oh, my God. Former, they, did, they did. I was going to say former Globes host uh, Ricky Gervais actually won an award last night, the new stand-up comedy special award that they added. Did he go on stage and accept he an award? He wasn't there. He wasn't oh, there. That would have been a, a wonderful opportunity for him to rip uh, uh, Joe Coy. It, Joy Coy? Joe Coy? It's a hard name to say. Joe Coy. Sorry. <laughs> Joe Coy. <laughs> it's so simple and yet so hard. Um, Jokey Joe Coy. (laughs) And uh, in the other music category at the Globes, um, Ludwig Goranson won Best Original Score for Oppenheimer. And as Billboard Awards editor Paul Grine noted in his Record Setters recap, it's Goranson's first Globe win, um, though he's been nominated in the category for Black Panther and Tenet. And he also had a Best Original Song nod for co-writing Rihanna's Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever last year. So before we move on mm-hmm. to the next topic, do do we think that Billy and Phineas are a lock for a Oscar nomination at this nomination? Point? Yes. yes. Lock. Do do we think either of the other two Barbie songs will also be nominated? Well, uh, remind me of the rules, though, Keith, because wasn't only it t- only only two only maximum right? of two? Yeah, only maximum of two. That's what so, I, I mean, three three or more could all be sort of contenders, but. 
at the end of the day, like only even two if will be nominated, though, right? It only two, only two could possibly be nominated. Then even if let's just say, Katie, even if like let's say the math, like the Academy is looking at the math, and there are five, like the five top vote getters to be nominees, three of them are Barbie. They would knock out yep. the third place Barbie yep. and replace it with something else because you can't have more than two nominated. Third place Barbie has to be Dance the Night. Like, I, I just feel like uh, if I, I think two being nominated is super likely. And I think I'm just kind of the most likely second nominee. I think what was I made for is like too good to ignore to win this award, to be honest. Like, I think it's going to win, not just be nominated. And I think I'm just can makes the most sense, like narratively from the film. Well, it's also like it's sort of in a way like the companion piece to what was I made for? But everyone who of. saw Barbie, like you can't give a Ken song an Oscar. Like the whole point of the Barbie movie is that it's all about Barbie. Like literally you can't give the Ken song the Oscar. It would be as if. Ken's Mojo Dojo. What is this house called? It would be as if the patriarchy took back over if the Ken song won it from the Barbie then film. Sh- then they shouldn't <laughs> campaign again. They shouldn't campaign for it. But it's also they a cute put- song. It should get a nomination. Yeah, you know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on. So, as mentioned at the top of the show, just one week after I asked the universe for new Ariana Grande music in 2024 in our New Year's Resolutions podcast episode, the universe has delivered. Uh, Grande announced that her new song, Yes And, is coming on Friday. She also revealed that the photo with the announcement is one version of her upcoming album cover, though there's no word on when exactly the album is coming yet. One version? Oh my god, Ariana, it makes it sound like you have multiple versions of your Hmm. album cover? (laughs) Keith's looking forward to it. (laughs) Um, The new album will be Ariana's first since 2020's Positions. Um, And while she's taken a bit of a break from music, she has been on remixes of The Weeknd Save Your Tears in 2021, as well as Die For You last year, with both topping the Hot 100. She also teamed up with Kid Cudi on the song Just Look Up from the 2021 Netflix movie Don't Look Up, which she also appeared in. And she did the Christmas duet Santa Can't You Hear Me with Kelly Clarkson in 2021. So, you know, her break was prolific. When was when was um, Oh Santa? Was that before uh, with, all this? With Mariah and, Mariah and uh, Jihad. Jihad. Let's look. Oh Santa wiki. Because remember, she also just showed up and she turned she and Jihad turned up at the Mariah Carey yes. concert uh, like last month and sang that together for the first time. I think it's first true. OK, live so it was right after positions. It was December 2020. Okay. When well, O Santa really came out. Okay. That's what I was. Yeah. But the I, I was trying to get the sprinkling of things that she's put out, which I mean, her sprinkling has led to two, you know, hot 100 chart toppers and um, a holiday hit with Kelly Clarkson. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so what we were talking about on the resolutions episode is that she's got Wicked coming up. Um, the first installment comes out in December. It's a two part movie. We were like, is she going to want Wicked to stand alone and not have pop music? The answer is no. We are no. going to have a full blown album this year. We now know, which is great. I do wonder, like, I wonder lots of things. I wonder what the song sounds <laughs> what like. What do you wonder, Keith? I mean, I, I wonder, <laughs> is this like. Is it a club banger? Is it mm. like a mid-tempo simmering sort of situation? Is it like... You know what the title reminds me of? The what? title reminds me of um, Thank You, Next. Oh, yes, yeah. and. Like very and like so, quippy. Yes, it's like a, it's like a meme title. Um, and and I like it's like you can already see the memes coming. Like, you know, or like Seven Rings was just like meme after meme, like little, you know, like little one-liners. I feel huh. like it's going to be like that. 
Yeah, and I don't even think she's really, you know, like how when you're trying to make something like a meme or you're trying to be sort of zeitgeisty, like it doesn't really work. But like, I don't think but it does for Ariana. <laughs> I think for Ariana, it does just because it just sort of effortlessly comes to her in that yes. way. You know, uh, her and her writing partners, when they think of songs, it just happens to be something that is just it springs from their brain. And it's just, you know. You know, it's interesting you mentioned her writing partners because uh, some of them have gone on to their own solo success now, including Victoria, Victoria Monet. Um, Taylor Parks also, uh, you know, is a writer for her. So I wonder if she's still going to be reuniting with them now that they have their own very busy careers. You know, uh, hmm. we'll see. So who knows? That'll be the most interesting thing to see. Maybe credits will come out before the actual song does so we can speculate on what the uh, what the vibe might be. So many questions I have. I would I I would love nothing more than a up tempo sort of dancey track from Ariana to kick 2024 off right. You want more like uh, what Into was your you. album right before like Sweetener? You want more like Sweetener than Positions, which is more of an R and B album. Yeah, I mean, I'll take whatever I get. Yeah, I'm you're like fine we're, with it. <laughs> we're happy mean, with whatever you bring us, Ariana. My I think one of my favorite favorite Ariana songs is Into You. Yeah, um, which I just love. And like, that's sort of it. That's kind of like groovy and has a kind of a vibe. And I wouldn't call yeah. it like a but like she also has, you know, more kind of dance forward kind of bangers. I mean, of No the Tears Left to Cry yes. was the lead single from Sweetener. And then, of course, um, what was her Zed track? This is the, the part, part when I say, say Adwala. <laughs> um, break free. That's called break free. There we I just go. had to sing through the entire chorus to get there, but it's break free. <laughs> um, wow. I wonder when the album. So do. OK. Do we have a guess as to when well, we think the album might come out? I feel like she is basically taking the Miley Cyrus slot of last year, which was flowers to start off the new year and album at the end of February. That's what I think. February, March is what I would guess. I, mm, I, I wonder. She's some like I feel like Ariana could do that. Mm-hmm. She could also maybe take more of a Taylor Adele route where like you have a little bit more kind of a traditional ramp up to the album launch to get like pre-orders going and physical and vinyl and all that jazz. But then that again, might already be like that might already well all be on done. its way for all we know. There's a lot of unknowns right now, everyone. But she doesn't do I mean, she's not going to do things so quickly that there's not like a full, you know, full blown release with all the physical and bells and whistles. That's not happening with her. I think she straddles the line between like like a hip hop artist dropping a song or album out of the sky and a traditional Adele Taylor. She's somewhere in the middle of like moving quickly, but also respecting the like the rules <laughs> she's she's like she's 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 kind of like a lady gaga in a way you know mm. we're like you i think yes. she'd love that comparison well in in the sense of like in terms of kind of commercially where you're at like ariana could absolutely just say here's my new album it's yep. only streaming and digital and i'll have physical later mm-hmm. but i think she probably wants to make sure there's like vinyls and physical and all yeah. that jazz. Oh, I should also say that um, she confirmed that Yes And is not the title of the album. It's just hmm. the title of the song because fans were speculating that it was the title track. Um, so we don't know the name of it, but it's not called Yes And. 
The album is called Speculation. <laughs> oh, and I should also, I mentioned a bunch of music she's put out since um, Positions. She also released a, a reissue of her debut studio album, Yours Truly, for its 10th anniversary in August. So, again, her break, quote unquote, was active. <laughs> there were there was Ariana music if you wanted it. Um, well, by the time you hear us next week, we'll have heard Ariana Grande's uh, new single, right? Yes. Yeah. This Friday. We'll, we'll uh, and we'll talk about I mean, we'll either talk about the song next week or we'll talk about it the week after when it inevitably impacts the charts. Right. Oh, also what we didn't even mention, but we should mention in passing is that yes. Lil Nas X has a new single this Friday, I believe. It's pos- it's possibly with Kesha. If we believe the well, internet memes. I, well, that's what I was wondering whether like Lil Nas well, X he, was piggybacking off of Kesha. Oh, um, you know, well, no, holding up that sign. <laughs> Lil Nas X on Twitter said that his song features a beloved pop star that he's been a fan of for years. And then oh. Kesha held up a sign in a parking lot that says she has new music coming. And then. Lil Nas X shared that image of Kesha and then added his own image of himself saying basically like, yeah, me too. I've got new music too. (laughs) Almost like suggesting that Kesha was the beloved pop star that's on his single. But then again, I'm just sort of speculating on, you know, little Nas X being really good at trolling all of us. Oh yeah. I mean, the man before he was a pop star was an internet troll and it shows (laughs) it's, it's uh, it all works for him. Okay. The song, speaking of Nas being a troll is called J Christ. (laughs) (laughs) which uh if you followed his career at all you know uh for instance his uh montero call me by your name video had a lot of satanic imagery that got people riled up um and now here he is with with jay christ and the image that he shared with it is him on a cross just like the crucifixion right so he could have timed this even better and like just waited until easter (laughs) <laughs> he said, my new single is dedicated to the man who had the greatest comeback of all time. Mm. <laughs> and all his right. song also arrives on Friday, January 12th. So why do these why do these pop stars do this? Can we not take turns? Because these are two Hot 100 chart topping artists going head to head for no reason. Nobody released a thing last week. Who knows what's coming next week? But come on, guys, pace it out. Uh, I, I, I knowing knowing the past histories of these two artists, I don't see how they're both not automatic contenders for number one. Yeah. Assume also, also assuming now that said, if one of them doesn't have an official music video ready, that could also hurt them. Um, if they both have official videos and both of them are very buzzy, Little Nas X is certainly a very buzzy music video maker. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's more buzz around Ariana's song, but you're right. If if Nas releases one of his trademark videos, then yeah, all bets are I off. Mean, and we still don't he, know who this pop star could be that'll pop up on this. Maybe it's Ariana Grande. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yes, and? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Okay, since we made mention of how Sophie Ellis-Bexter's Murder on the Dance Floor is having a renaissance on the charts, let's talk about some other film soundtrack hits that scaled the Hot 100. Now, this is a little bit different because we're talking about songs that, you know, kind of initially found success 
from a film soundtrack. Obviously, Murder on the Dance Floor is a little bit different. It's an old song that was placed in a movie later. So we're talking about songs that, you know, initially found fame alongside a film. Period. <laughs> that makes sense. Because Murder on the Dance Floor was already a hit 20 years, like 20 years ago. So I'm fully buying into this premise. Let's okay. do it. Thank you. I'm glad you understand <laughs> it. I was explaining it for the people at home because I realized people will be like, I've never heard of Murder on the Dance Floor. This is the first time I've ever seen this, you know, song before. Right. I get it. So, Katie, which of these songs originally found on a film's soundtrack and found popularity because of that same film or alongside that film did not reach number one on the Hot 100. So which of these was not a number one hit? Your choices are Bobby Brown's On Our Own from Ghostbusters 2, Celine Dion's Because You Loved Me from Up Close and Personal, Aini Kamosi's Here Comes the Hot Stepper from Ready to Wear, or Lisa Loeb's Stay, I Missed You from Reality Bites. Which of those... Film soundtrack hits did not hit number one on the Hot 100. Well, I'll tell you, I'm between two songs because I think that I think that I know that Here Comes the Hot Stopper and Stay were number one. So I'm between Bobby Brown and Celine Dion, but I could be totally wrong. I might have narrowed out one that is the right answer. Um, But I'm going to go with On Our Own from Ghostbusters 2 from Bobby Brown. You are correct. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It was number two for three weeks in a row in 1989, I believe. Okay. I was very surprised it didn't go to number one either at the time. I think I it was just one of those songs that was like absolutely inescapable. Yeah. And it just didn't have enough ghost power to get there. (laughs) But I can tell you, like, I actually I actually don't know the Bobby Brown song because I was probably too young. But the other three songs I know so well because I was very much paying full attention when all three of those songs were out. Well, why do you think I picked something from the 80s to put in here, knowing that you would probably know (laughs) all the 90s songs really, Uh really well? I do. Um, (laughs) No, On Our Own was like enormous hit. I it was all over MTV. Um, and that this was at the time when Bobby Brown was so incredibly red hot with his yeah. uh, Don't Be Cruel album, yeah. which has Don't Be Cruel, My Prerogative, Rony, um, just endless. It's basically a self-contained great album. Every Little Step? Oh, that's on there, too. Yeah. Like, it's just nuts. Anyway, yeah. obviously, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm Bobby Brown, he's great. Yay. <laughs> um, all right. So there you have it. Uh, a little... Uh, film soundtrack, Hot 100, number one, uh, melange <laughs> this week. Okay, we've reached the end of our big show. Um, any last words, parting words, Katie? Yeah, I, I, the chart stat just like made me think. I wanted to ask you when we were talking about Sophie's uh, murder on the dance floor. I wanted to ask you, so it's number 98 this week. Do we think that this is going to be like a Kate Bush Stranger Things situation and it goes that high like up to the top 10 or do we think that it will fall off next week or do we think it's going to climb higher like what what do you what do you feel like might happen with it hmm uh, I'm not prepared for this however I, w- <laughs> I will say Saltburn is not Stranger Things yeah Stranger Things uh, also Kate Bush is running up that hill and Stranger Things was happening in the middle of COVID, right? 
That was mm. all happening. Mm. Was, wasn't it la- like a year and a half ago or something? No. I mean, I guess COVID. Here, let's look you when go that look. happened. I'm looking it up. Yeah, it got to number three in 2022. Still during COVID. I guess. When the, when drag, the drags of COVID. <laughs> I, um, when? I don't know. Okay, fine. <laughs> 2022 revival. It gained renewed attention in May 2022 after it was featured in the fourth season of Stranger Things. We were still And then in it COVID. hit a peak. I, uh, okay, fine. So, <laughs> Str- Stranger Things is different than. Um, Saltburn, Stranger yes. Things, I think is is more widely seen than Saltburn. Yeah, for ever. one, children can watch Stranger Things, and they cannot watch Saltburn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of you know, uh, you know, kind of adult oriented kind of violence in Stranger Things. It's like the Goonies, though, or something. Like it's a kid lead, you know, Have thing. Have you where seen it's Stranger like, Things? Yeah, some of it. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it with my six year old, but no. I would watch it with like my my like tween or teenager. I feel like pretty sure you don't want to no? be in the upside down world with your kids. <laughs> um, but um, and also uh, once running up that hill, kind of started to actually. Uh, really gain some traction in like that like first few weeks afterwards um warner got behind it warner records got behind mm. it and helped start to re-promote it and actually solicit for radio so i don't know if that's going to happen with sophie ellis bexter but anything I think it, could happen i think the radio promotion part could realistically happen especially when you look at all these weird out of left field old becoming new hits that have happened over the last few years um you know not just uh kate bush but i will say that knowing that it has already hit the top 10 in the uk and that it originally peaked at number two i could see it potentially going back to the top in the uk where it was already beloved and people are loving this resurgence of it you know like that seems very realistic possible yes yeah uh, the, I think the other thing here is that Kate Bush has a different kind of history to her, which mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more kind of, you know, mysterious and, um, you know, for her, because she, you know, we haven't seen Kate Bush, you know, anywhere in a million years. Whereas Sophia's, Sophia Ellis Bexter, like, is still continuing to release new music. You know, she still plays live shows. You know, it's a much yep. different scenario. And I think... Um, running up that hill and Kate Bush had a much more sort of mysterious element to it that helped kind of fuel interest in the song and her as an artist, too. Totally, totally. Oh, and my one last thing I'll say, because it's the longest coda of the show of all time. But did you know that Greg Alexander from the New Radicals co-wrote that song? I, I realized that earlier today when I was looking at the Hot 100 and I was like, G. Alexander is one of the writers. Is that Greg Alexander? It sure is. I mean, I love this man. I've always loved New Radicals, but then to find out some of the things that he's written on over the years, like it's like, oh, he did that too. Like he's such a good songwriter. And I I love this song. Like I knew Murder on the Dance Floor, but like it wasn't like, you know, I knew it wasn't a hit here, but I knew of the song. I had no idea that he co-wrote that. So Another um, amazing uh, footnote for Greg Alexander. Uh, people in general should go investigate Sophie Ellis Bexter's uh, back catalog and her discography. She's had a bunch of hits, um, you know, Heartbreak, Make Me a Dancer, and of course, Murder on the Dance Floor. And uh, she has, there's a really, uh, the, the Groove Jet song that I'm now completely blanking on, the name of which, hold on, 
Let's look it up. I know. I'm doing that thing. We're all doing that today. Oh, here it is. DJ Spiller, Groove Jet, If This Ain't Love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's she, a great song. She's got it. She, like, just go to your favorite streaming service or YouTube or whatever and investigate her hits because she's delightful and has a, a many, many a pleasant hit in her catalog. And she's embracing and loving this whole moment. And I oh, love yeah. it for her. Yeah. Uh, she. They also have like a sort of a quasi new official video for the song. Where oh, it's fun. Like cut to scenes from the film Cute. and that's why when I asked you about the movie and what where the song is in the movie I assumed based upon this little video clip I saw that it was in like a dance club sequence oh no I'm wrong yeah there is like a whole party like a birthday party scene yes. that they that they probably used well okay longest coda ever continues <laughs> what song should we go out on oh my god did we already hear uh, Bobby Brown's Ghostbusters 2 song or not? If we didn't, we should go out on that. <laughs> well, we could, we could put it here instead. Let's do it. Okay, we'll, we'll go out on Bobby Brown's on our own, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.